Good afternoon, like uh, welcome and thank you for joining us for another uh, streaming gathering here on Facebook and YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, this is a live stream from our home up here in Bernhardtville, and it is like a glorious day. Oh, beautiful today. up there. Yeah, two o'clock this time last week, saw us physically gathering in person uh, at the Gateway Community Church in Valley View. And that was really nice. Yeah, that was that was brilliant. Um, it was our first uh, corporate gathering. So we had kids' church downstairs, and we had yeah uh, in-person worship service upstairs. Um, our heart, actually, it you know we do as we need to do for this time. But you know our heart is that we have kids and adults all in the same room worshiping. Just yeah, it's true. it's so sweet when we can do that. But for now, we can do what we can do, and you know, we had our chairs COVIDly distanced from each other, and like our spaces, and it was good. Yeah, it, it was, was good. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Um, pretty sweet. It was, uh, it was a pretty sweet time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was the first time that we've gathered indoors uh, since back in May. Um, well, March. March was March. March was March. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was May when we let go of our lease at the St. Andrews, wasn't it? So what does it look like going forward? Well, you kind of elaborated a bit on that. Um, for the balance of the year, we're committed to our kids' church and in-person worship services on the, on the second and fourth Sundays of the month. And, and, uh, and when we're not engaged in other things, we're going to be doing these online, um, you know, Gatherings, uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in those offsetting weeks. Are we exploring other options for gathering on those first and third Sundays of the month? Uh, the answer is yes, we are, right? Yeah. We are, um, but we're examining our options. feels like when we, we get a great idea and we're going to step forward, then there's another notice saying, well, we've cut you back to save six and your immediate family. Yeah. And, you know, we... We personally will follow those guidelines. Yeah, so we're, we're grappling with that, and we're going to send out more communication as to what that might look like and how that could uh, affect our, our in-house gatherings. I, I mean, it did this Friday already. We cut back our, you know, our discerning prayer group to six people on, mm -hmm. on uh, Friday night, and yeah, just because that's what we had to do. But with all of this in mind, I want to springboard right into today's message. As we begin, can we encourage you to set aside some juice or wine, like it, uh, and and maybe some bread and a wafer, so we can practice uh, the Lord's Supper at the end, as part of our sort of our worship to Jesus and as our as our meditation on Christ Himself. Um, he said, whenever you do this, remember me. And so it's, yeah, it's the first week of the month. It's something that has been a rhythm and a practice. <laughs> right, honey? Right, honey. Yeah, I kind of sprang it at her at the last minute. She wasn't on the same page as I was. So I probably took a bit of heat for that one. <laughs> yeah, well, not really. But, uh, you know, just springboarding into what we want to say here today. Uh, last week, our provincial and federal governments announced another round of troubling statistics, right? Mm -hmm. uh, hence, you know, uh, there's been a tightening uh, of some of those restrictions. Um, yeah, and, they, and I mean, they continue to talk about the predicted sort of second wave of rising rates of COVID infection. Um, 
And as a response, the government is insistent that we tighten our restrictions around in-house gatherings. We've talked about that. But without going to all of the specifics of this, the news has renewed anxieties and fueled the frustrations for many. And governments know this. Uh, mm -hmm. We've felt this. We've certainly uh, experienced this in our conversations with numbers of, of you. Um, it, it does feel disheartening, right? Only this week, like Debbie and I were, uh, we've been in communication with a young pastoral couple who will oversee the, the Alder Girl Vineyard, Mike and Lizzie Scott. Um, some of you in this fellowship are lovingly connected with these two. You've uh, shared history with them. Um, and uh, in that, you would know that Mike's on route uh, to come alongside his family in the, in the UK. And uh, after learning that his mom, Andrea, has passed to the COVID virus. Um, you know, the good news is, is that Mike is able to travel there to support his family and to properly grieve his mom's passing. Uh, that wasn't the case when the lockdowns first came in, in, you know, in the early spring. Mm -hmm. um, the good news is that Andrea deeply loved Jesus. And during her lifetime, um, during her lifetime, she loved a good many people around her. She, she's known for that. And so there's no question about the joy that she has found in her resurrection with Jesus. That's not what's on the table here. But the tragedy is that another life has passed too early. And, you know, I, I, I say that because I have some conviction around this area. I remember back to the passing of my own father when I was still in my 30s. Uh, I remember feeling that, that it had come all far too early. Mm -hmm. um, and there are others who've said goodbye to, to family members during this past week. Um, yeah, like this past week and throughout this pandemic too. And too many of those deaths have simply been, I'm gonna say just tragic. Uh, mm -hmm. not, not directly COVID related, but other tragedies in people's lives. Um, so I confess to a real sense of mourning and loss through this week. And, and it's not overwhelming me. I, I, I need to say that. But I'm aware that within myself, I'm processing some loss. Um, and in part, I actually believe that it is a sacred invitation from the Holy Spirit that invites me to bear in the sufferings of my friends. You know, I mm. think that, you know, I sense that in the Lord. It's uh, Jesus did it when he walked the earth, right? Um, uh, it stands to reason that as, you know, that being perfectly human, that grieving is part of that process. Um, and it's, it's healthy. Yeah, too. yeah, you're right. It's a healthy thing. Yeah. Uh, and, as, and oftentimes in, in grieving, we're, we're experiencing a myriad of things. And, uh, you know, I, I raised my father in this issue and talking about uh, Mike's loss of his mom. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting, you know, the kinds of feelings that rise up from us. And I just think that Jesus is, I want to touch that again. I want to bring some more healing into that area of your life, hmm. right? Now, listen, COVID isn't simply going to lay down. It's, it hasn't proven to done, do so yet. Um, 
We're going to have to summon courage to press in even deeper in our love of God and in our love for one another. Right, honey? <laughs> yeah. We can always go deeper, Dave. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, listen, I, I'm not talking about being dismissive of the threats of our health and of the health of others. Far from that. But I am talking about pressing in to the peace of Jesus that not only uh, affects our personal well-being, but it is a joy when, when we live out of that peace and we live out of it well. It ushers in a freedom and a healing for others. I'm, I'm convinced of this. Uh, this morning... Uh, well, is done this afternoon. Here we are. Yeah, we're not in the morning, but in this afternoon as we open up our scriptures, yet again, we're opening up to a story that challenges us to be resolved in our faith and worship of Jesus. Uh, last week, we were looking at the story within the story of the young shepherd boy, David, and the Philistine champion, Goliath, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this morning, I, I want us to move ahead in the Old Testament. Uh, if you were to look at this chronologically, we're like moving ahead 400 years. Uh, the southern kingdom of Judah has fallen and a great many of her leaders and royal families have been exiled into Babylon. And some of the, those brightest young men had been invited into the king's service. That's the quick narrative. <laughs> Today we're gonna to read from the third chapter of Daniel and for the sake of expediency, we're like we're just gonna read uh, here from verses 14 through 18. I think my notes out to everybody said 15, halfway through 15 to 18, but I decided now let's incorporate uh, verse 14 in there as well. And, uh, and I'll encourage you to follow along, um, but I'll encourage you to you know, read the entire chapter on its own, Daniel chapter three is just, well, it's, it's, a, a, it's a good book. It's such a good book all the way through, but uh, yeah, do you wanna, do you wanna read for us there? Sure. Okay. So again, Daniel three fourteen verses through 18. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, it is true, oh, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you are, that you refuse to serve my God or worship the God, the gold statue I've set up. I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Now the young Jews that the king had set over the affairs of Babylon replied to him, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, um, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, he... We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statues that you have set up. Well, yeah, so the title for today's sermon, sermon I don't know if I gave this group that, might have been the first time. I don't think you told them. <laughs> he will keep you in perfect peace. That has been the title that I put over this. Um, 
Now it's that particular verse is taken from a stirring uh, passage of Isaiah's song of praise to the Lord. Isaiah 26 verses three to four reads, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Now I want you to, you know, you and I talked about this earlier. I want you to imagine with us these three young men, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That was their, their Jewish names. Mm-hmm. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Um, but they had personally witnessed the sacking of Jerusalem and its temple by a foreign power who practiced an entirely different way of life and who worshiped a host of different gods. And they, along with the country's top minds and the royalties, had all suffered the trauma of having been taken away into exile and into a foreign land over 2,700 kilometers from anything remotely similar to their beloved Jerusalem. I mean, that, that's staggering. That's, that's almost like taking us from, from here to the east coast of, of Canada, right? Mm. Like it's, it's that kind and of And that proportion. wouldn't be by flight either, so. No. <laughs> well, that, that's actually, yeah, that kind of mile, that's a direct line. So I don't know what the roads were like then. I don't think they, I don't know if they were super highways, but you know, that's a, that's a long ways to travel. And you know, imagine yourselves in, in their place, uh, having asked the question along the way, because they would have had a lot of time to think about it during their journey across the plains to, and over the mountains and everywhere into Babylon. Where was God? when they needed him, you know? Yeah. But, but precisely because God acted through the faith of Daniel, we learn right away that very early on, they were elevated to some prominence in the king's government. Like it, uh, you know, there's some amazing things here. 10 times more capable than any of the magicians or the enchanters in his entire kingdom, the king consulted them in matters requiring wisdom and balanced judgment. That's the way that Daniel reads it. Like that's a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego already had the king's ear, right? If, just think about it. They were dressed in the kingdom, the, the clothing of the kingdom. They were surrounded by all of the trappings of power and position, these three men found themselves facing a formidable challenge. Hmm. Either fall down to worship at the the feet of the king's 90-foot idol or face being thrown into a burning furnace. Uh, Now what? And who incited the king to erect a massive golden idol? Uh, Daniel doesn't actually go into detail about that, you know. Uh, And then to decree death to anyone who doesn't fall down and worship to him, this isn't something that we're going to spend a lot of time on. But the king made himself huge and furiously angry with his Jewish officials. In, In the practical, these young men had... They'd already proven their value to the king. So they were, they were, they were, 
they had value to them. Uh, I, I don't know that he didn't, wasn't amazed by them, by the counsel that they gave and, and how their God worked through them and how their God seemed to give him favor as a result. But their refusal to worship his idol would have been offensive, right? Could you imagine? It, it made him look poor, uh, and weak in front of weak. everybody, yeah. in front of everyone. Like he can't, he can't allow that to happen. And to his astrologists, who jealously called out the king to command the respect of his servants, this failure to act on his own decree in his culture would have marked the end of his own rule. He'd have lost, utterly lost control and respect of everyone around him. Hmm. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced. Their fears, though, and they moved through them. And without hesitation, they chose to act on their faith in God. I don't think they even said in the scriptures either that they even questioned. No. Well. Who they would worship. Well, you kind of wonder, don't yeah. you? Like, it, uh, what, what on earth would that have looked like? But to say he was angry at their refusal to obey his command? Understatement, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual? <laughs> Would suggest <laughs> He's like- He's gonna he, singe those guys. He is seriously upset. He's commanded his strongest soldiers to bind up his three counselors Fully clothed, they were bound and they were thrown into the fire. And so urgent was his command, it said in the scriptures that Daniel writes, it's, this, it's so urgent was his command that, and the furnace so hot that the flames actually licked up and killed the soldiers who were ordered to throw them in. <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, we kind of laugh, but man, this is like a, this is a serious gig. And firmly tied, firmly tied. I love how the, the scriptures... Uh, say that they firmly tied these three men fell they were thrown and they fell into the blazing furnace <laughs> i wonder if there was more fear on those soldiers having to put those guys in the fire than there was actually those guys going into the flames well i i would yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but they had fear of their king <laughs> didn't they they absolutely obeyed they were actually referred to as men of valor in the, mm. in the, in the, you know, in the original writing. But when the king looked into the fire, to his surprise, he saw four figures walking around, unbound and unharmed. He threw in three, but there's a fourth figure walking with him, who he says was like the son of the gods. That's all he knew how to address that. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, their faith incited the life-altering presence of the Lord. I've, you know, that's something that we've talked about, you know, in a couple of messages back about how faith and power, how these things, God working and faith, how they travel together, they're like companions. I see the faith as inciting the life-altering presence of the Lord with them. In essence, 
I believe that faith makes room for God to show up. Absolutely. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, that's part of that partnership. According to Jesus himself, <laughs> you know, this is something I still scratch my head around, but he says, all we need is the faith, the side of, size of a mustard seed to move mountains. Hmm. And we can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. I mean, that's, that's quite a statement. Uh, a bit of hyperbole, maybe, so that he's trying to emphasize a point, but he, he does a good, good job emphasizing. It was faith that set them apart and transformed their lives, right? Like, everything was on the life. Their lives were on the line. And it was faith that not only altered their situation, but altered the situation of the lives for others around them. And that included the king himself. And that included the rest of the army that were looking on and watching this all go down. In our day and in our lives, we don't often face these same kinds of challenges. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> well, not yet anyways. Not the ones that these men face. But the principles of things learned still apply. Uh, Pete Gazzaro, our buddy Pete there that I'm often referring to from Emotional Healthy Spirituality shares this. He says, too often um, we overestimate the size of the risks that we face. True? Mm. You know, too often we're looking at things and they become bigger than, than the actual risk itself. But often we also underestimate the love and the power of God to drive out our fears. You know, it's funny, like those two things, they, they work in opposition to one another. We overestimate the problem and we underestimate the God who will, who will deliver us. In my own conclusion from last week's message, I shared that it's precisely here in the flames of our trials that God meets with us. It was kind of, the, it was kind of a tag on to that message last week. It just sort of you know, float out of the pen as I was writing, and it was kind of like, this. where is this going? Hmm. And here, I, I want to bring it back into here. I want to bring it back into this message. I want to say that in the flames of our own trials, God is revealing those things that we have grown dependent on. It's in the flame of our trials, in the midst of them, that God is there, and he's revealing both our strengths in our witness and our weaknesses it's in the midst of our trials i believe that god is is inviting us to come and to trust him yeah. come with him right i'll be with you in the midst of your trials i'm there i'm there he doesn't abandon us he's there in the midst of us that's part of what this story tells me He's in the midst of our trials, inviting us to trust him and to commit our lives to partnering with him, no matter what it costs. So how would you think we do that? <laughs> well, it's, it's learning to face our fears and not run from them, for starters. Well, and I also think it's learning to, when you feel that rising up, just to take a step back and just be quiet with God and invite him in the process. You know, you know what strikes me about the story is that these guys weren't ins they didn't they didn't insult the king, didn't they? They weren't no. They they weren't disrespective of his position, right? They continued to refer to him as ma their Majesty, Your Majesty. They yeah. they continue to 
be resolved in, in, in their dealings with them. But this thing that he was asking to do, they couldn't do it. And if I can continue to add to things shared, it isn't just in the hidden places like we spoke of last week that, that God is training us and shaping us, but it's in the flames that he's proving us, testing our hearts, proving them, right? It's not for, it's not for failure. Test, it isn't that kind of a test, pass or fail. He's proving our hearts and he's refining us. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were convinced that they didn't need to defend themselves. And he is furious. He is angry when he's coming at them. They said they didn't need to debate with the king on this matter. They didn't have some score to settle and make, you know. They didn't need to brandish swords. They didn't need to resort to violence to protect themselves or even to defend the God that they knew and they worshiped. All they knew is that they would continue to worship the Lord and that they would bow down to no other. I mean, that's it. Yeah, they didn't make a big deal of it. They didn't. No. They just, you know, they just, yeah. Yeah, and, and an interesting line there is, is they, but they knew God would deliver them. <laughs> and then they put a caveat on it. But even if he does not, we're not gonna bow down. We're not gonna serve your gods and worship the idol of gold that you've set up, King Nebuchadnezzar. We won't do it. <laughs> this is where Jesus meets with us. Jesus meets with us in those places where we step out in faith and we actually really don't know how it's gonna go. We just know that God has asked us to make a particular stand and, and we need to do that. Listen, the government, the media, and every expert is telling us that people of every description are feeling the flames of fire and trial right now. Uh, a CBC report shared that our teachers locally, like in this province, are suffering with worry, they're suffering with fatigue and stress, they're not eating well, they aren't sleeping well, even when they are trying to find rest. Like, they're, just, they're unsettled. Hmm. Now, I wouldn't say that would be true of, of everyone, but I would say, this overall, this is the sense that they're getting. This is a just. You know, if you're a follower of Christ and you're in that teaching profession, then, you know, we bless you. <laughs> we bless you just to, to find that rest that you need and to be given that wisdom to, to walk, you know, in the midst of this and to be resilient. And I'm, I'm going to share with you that that resilience will rub off on others. It will affect not only your own life, but the lives of others around you. Yeah. I believe Jesus wants to meet us here in the midst of this present fire. I, yes, there's pain rising up, uh, whether it's been in the onset of the Me Too movement, whether it's been in the divisiveness, the struggles of our own regional politics, and the racial political divides that we see in the Americas and around the world, everything that can be shaking is finding itself being shaken. Yeah. Everything. Um, but these coals, and these coals of adversity, I, I'm gonna say they've been, I think they've been stirred up and they've been fanned into flame. 
And you see I'm building this correlation between that and the story that we're, we're reading here today. Now, is it seven times hotter than they typically burn? For some. For some, yeah. Yeah. Uh, certainly for the world, yeah. I don't know, but it, it certainly has felt like a bit of a firestorm, right? And yes, COVID has played a role in things that has seen us all being pulled along and dragged into the story, whether we like it or not. <laughs> it's, it's not a scenario we would write. Our world is filled, filled with, listen, it's filled with a lot of unyielded hearts and woundedness, wounded souls uh, that only God can heal. Like the beautiful thing is, is that Jesus is the answer, right? He's the answer to all of this. They, they might just not know it yet, right? If that's you, if you're, you know, if you're one of those who, who don't know that yet, then, you know, our counsel to you now, our invitation to you right now is to turn to, to Jesus, turn toward him, and then talk to somebody who you know might know Jesus, or talk to us, or share it with your friend. Maybe they don't know Jesus, but share with them. Just share them that you're making this move towards him. Jesus is prepared to meet you. I, Jesus is prepared to meet me. He's prepared to walk with us in the very midst of those flames and those trials that we find ourselves in, whatever they are. Everything. Yeah. Now, after studying the story completely through the second time in as many weeks, I, I felt... I felt the truth sort of stirring, about, stirring up in me about so many promises for us. You know, it's a story that isn't just about us, right? But it, it does involve us, who we choose to worship and every time we reach for faith to carry on, no matter what fear or pressures we're encountering, these have an effect on the people around us. And, you know, and that's, that's, been kind of my thought towards this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't alone. When I look at them, they weren't alone. They had, they had one another. Yeah. And, and they had God with them. You know, could it be that the scrolls of Isaiah's prophetic writing almost two generations earlier was already ministering to them in their present situation? Is it possible, if not probable, could they have been thinking about Isaiah 26, verse three, that we read earlier, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I want, you know, I want to say to you, brothers and sisters, we are not alone. We have one another. Mm -hmm. And that might not even be in person because of restrictions, but we do have telephones. We have media called yeah and there and there is provision there yeah. is provision within the government guidelines for us to put significant people around our lives yeah. to have some immediacy to have some connection but we also have jesus with us i love the corporate nature of all of this we're we're not on our own and jumping to the really to the conclusion of the story, and uh, I was struck by a couple things. Our three men of faith might have been firmly bound up and have fallen into the midst of that fire, 
But soon enough, Nebuchadnezzar is seeing the three men freely walking about in the midst of the fire, unbound and untouched by the flames and accompanied by one who resembled the Son of God. Isn't that brilliant? Wouldn't it be brilliant to, to know that even when we're going through our own flames and our own trials, that people were able to look from the outside and see that the strength of God walking with us, you know, to seek Christ in our lives. I remember that actually being part of the testimony that your, your, that our, you know, that your sister and our brother-in-law shared after yeah, I was the passing of, of Megan, right? Yeah. That, you know, uh, they hadn't made that decision for Christ yet, but they, they looked at us and they looked at the church and they, they saw something that they wanted, right? It ministered to them. We didn't find out about that till years later. Um, we weren't trying to make a point. We were just trying to survive, right? Yeah, sure. Right? <laughs> trying to find faith in the midst of our, our storm. Mm. Yeah. So this story teaches us something. It teaches this courage is, isn't the absence of fear, but it's, the, it's, it's an encouragement to grab a hold of our faith in Jesus to overcome every fiery trial that we're going through. It may very well be that we're, we're feeling the adverse effects of our own pain and our own fears right now, right? I mean, that, but our encouragement is to you, to one another, let's, let's reach out to each other and, and together let's, let's reach out to God. Ex, let's expect God to meet us in the midst of our trials and to free us up from any, any kind of a hold that this world might have on us. You know, that, when I think of the bindings coming off of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I think of this, that in the midst of the trial, those things that bind us up are being burnt off. And to this, yeah. I, I only have this to add. And again, it's a word of faith and encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Maybe you want to read this for us, babes. Ah, uh, Sure. That's Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. Now, you know, as Debbie reads this, think again like th these words were likely ministering already to these three men. Yeah. Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, will, you will not be drowned. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. That's it. Think of that. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you.